All right, well, what we're going to do is dive right in. We're going to dive in, and um, what we're going to do to talk about tonight is counting the cost. Somebody say count the cost. You know, the reality is a lot of times we don't think about the cost of following Jesus. Now, Black Friday just came upon us, and some of us may have indulged in the shopping of the holiday. Anybody do some Black Friday shopping? Anyone? All right. Hopefully you didn't hurt anybody, step on anybody's toes, curse someone out in Jesus' name. <laughs> That's my flat screen TV. Okay. And so when we talk about shopping, we talk about counting the cost because, quite honestly, you cannot leave the store unless you have enough money to purchase the items in your cart. Right? Well, a lot of times when it comes to church, we find ourselves focusing too much. Somebody say too much. We find ourselves focusing too much on what God can give us versus what we're supposed to give up for him, what we're supposed to give unto him and unto his work. So tonight in varsity, we're going to talk about counting the cost. And since I'm a rapper, we have this one point. I'm going to say it over and over and over and over again. And it kind of rhymes a little bit. So we get a little hip-hop in the message tonight, just a little bit, just a little bit. Oh, don't look at me like that. You were just partying, okay? <laughs> you can deal with a little hip-hop in your sermon, too. If I'm going to follow King Jesus, I've got to die to everything else. If I'm going to follow King Jesus, I've got to die to everything else. Now, why are we talking about dying tonight? Devin, you talked about shopping and dying. We're going to go shopping. See, you think you're in this hall, but tonight you're not in a hall. We're actually in a shopping arena. We're going to go shopping right now. And there's these three aisles that Jesus is going to take us down, and we're going to push our carts through the three aisles of the scripture tonight to see how many of us in here have enough to count the cost and pay what it really costs to be a true follower of Jesus. And if you don't remember anything else we talk about tonight, I want you to remember in varsity, if you're going to follow King Jesus, you got to be willing to die to what? You got to be willing to die to what? Everything else. Well, for the Black Friday shoppers and for the non-Black Friday shoppers, we all know about shopping. Today we're going to thumb through Luke as we journey in this shopping environment. If you have a copy of the Bible tonight, you can open to Luke chapter 14. We're going to start at verse 25. I have the New Living Translation. If you don't have a copy of the Bible tonight, it's all gravy. It's going to come on the screen. My man Mark, he's on it. I'll give it up for Mark, man. He's just, he's so cool. Look at him. He's a rock star for Jesus. <laughs> so let's take a look at it. So Luke chapter 14, we're going to start at verse 25. It says, a large crowd was following who? Okay, now if Jesus had a Twitter account, okay. <laughs> okay, I mean, millions and millions and millions of followers are following this Jesus. I mean, he had people that just wanted to be around him to smell his armpit essence, okay? That's how up close people wanted to be on Jesus, okay? He was a celebrity in his time while he walked here on earth, and there were many people following him. A large crowd was following him, but he turned to them and said, yo, I got so many followers, that's what's up. Is that what he said? No, 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 no. 
Maybe say, yo, yo, thanks for all the likes and all the follows, man. Give me a few more. Tell your buddies about me so they can follow me. No, 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 no. Jesus didn't do what a lot of us might do when we get people following after the things that we're doing, whether it's on social media or here on campus or in other endeavors of our lives. A lot of us say, wow, I can get some more. Wow, what do I got to say to get more people to follow me or to buy into the thing I'm doing? But what Jesus did seemed kind of counterproductive. Let's see what Jesus did. Verse 26 says, if you want to be my disciple, somebody say disciple. Disciple. You must hate everyone else by comparison. Your father and mother. Now, some of you all want to stop right there. Yes, I can't stand my mother. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Jesus. Confirmation. Thanks, InterVarsity. I'm going to tell my mom off tonight. Okay, no. We're going to look at the scriptures in context. Now, Jesus used this D word up there. It's called disciple. But the verse before it says a large crowd was following him. But Jesus said, if you're going to be my disciple, let's, let's break down what's happening right here before we get to the comparison of hating people in comparison love to him. Jesus talks about large crowd following him. That's like a lot of cultural Christians, right? And a lot of churches in our country and around the world, there's a lot of people that are Christians, And you can put your own definition for what a Christian is. I mean, a lot of people claim to be Christians, right? I mean, aren't there people on this campus that you run into like, you're a Christian? Gee, Shaggy. I mean, like, (laughs) okay, you? (laughs) Don't let my atheist friends meet this guy, all right? And, and, And so the reality is there's a lot of people that claim to be following Jesus, but when Jesus breaks down what it's going to cost to follow him, a lot of people are going to bail out. So Jesus makes a clear definition in verse 26. He says, yo, 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 y'all following me because you want stuff from me. There's some, there's some false teachers and preachers out here that will tell you guys, hey, 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 man, you want that nice car? You want, you want a man? Okay, here's what you do, girlfriend. Okay. Get in the aisle, throw money at my feet, and God's going to bless you real good. There are false teachers that teach this stuff to get you to think that you can treat Jesus like a genie in the bottle. But the reality is he's not a genie in the bottle. He's a God on the throne. And Jesus says, I'm not interested in the fanfare and you can pack out a big building or you can pack out the campus ministry with a bunch of people that are cultural Christians. Jesus wants to get down to the nitty gritty for InterVarsity and for your home church or wherever you are getting discipled. Hey, it's about being a disciple. It's a distinction, not just following after him for the fanfare, but counting the cost and digging in. If you're with me, sandwich. Verse 26, Jesus makes a distinction. If you want to be my disciple, which means a true follower, not just some cultural Christian that claims to be with me, but you don't do what I say. Number one, we're going to go shopping. Our first aisle. You must hate everyone else by comparison to your love for me. Your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters. Yes, even your own life. Now, some of you want to stop right there. You can't even continue shopping with Jesus because you don't want to count the cost for this aisle right here. What Jesus is teaching us is that this world tells you the love of self. Facebook, look at me, my profile, selfie. We even have selfie sticks so we can see more of ourselves. We have iPods and iPhones. It's a consumption of me. And what the world wants us to realize is that 
We need to have a love of ourselves that is so vast that we don't care about what Jesus wants. We want what we want. So Jesus says, if you're going to be my follower, if your mother and father want you to do something that goes against my will, if your wife and children want you to do something that goes against what I want, you must disregard your thoughts to them. You must disregard your allegiance to them. And they're going to think you hating on them, but you're not hating on them. You're just loving on him. Y'all with me? Oh, man, you a hater, man. You a hater, man. You always hating, man. What you mean we can't have sex? Huh? This is a party school. Come on, dude. Let's do it. Let's go get, let's go, let's go ham and bacon. Let's just go in. Come on. Fry it up and skillet it. And, and so the world tells us, man, man, you know, I'm saying, nah, man, I'm saving myself for marriage, man. You know, oh, man, you a sucker. Oh, come on, buddy. You got to try a little bit. You got to test drive the car before you buy, right? <laughs> and so the, the world tells us that we need to consume in self. Jesus says we need to die to self. And if you're sitting under some teaching at your local church that's teaching you that it's all about you, that's not biblical discipleship. You're just a part of that large crowd in verse 25, but you haven't dug down and counted the cost to follow Jesus I hope I don't lose too many of you. Our main point for tonight is this. If you want to follow King Jesus, you got to die to everything else. Help me out, Mark. Get on the screen for me. If you want to follow King Jesus, you got to be willing to die to everything else. Oh, it was the last slide. Sorry. Yeah. I'm going to keep going back to that over and over and over and over again. All right. And so why does Jesus want us to die to everything else? He wants us to die to everything else because he is the most important. So we talked about verse 26. Let's go to verse 27. Bam. There it is. 27, the lamp is trying to block you, but it's the light. <laughs> so the first aisle, I hope I didn't lose too many of you, because a lot of us, if we can be honest, we don't want to die to ourselves. We want to smoke, we want to smoke. We want to drink, we're going to drink, get turned. We want sex, we're going to get sex. We want to cuss somebody, I'm going to cuss you out in Jesus' name. Like, you be driving on campus, cousin's somebody, bah, bah. come on, man. Come on, you blankety blank. Hey, aren't you from InterVarsity? <laughs> I was just speaking in tongues. Uh, <laughs> you don't use my gift. Uh, it was, it's spiritual. <laughs> the world says, man, go for self. Jesus says, die to self. So we got that. I hope we didn't lose too many of you right there. But some of us, we probably don't want to keep shopping, but we're going to keep going. Verse 27, Jesus says, and if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. I'm going to explain that in a moment. The cross. Somebody say, carry my cross. When I was in Sunday school, my Sunday school teacher taught me that that meant to read my Bible every day. But that is not the biblical explanation for verse 27. We're going to come back to that one because that's the hardest pill to swallow. That's the third aisle. Let's go to the next verse, verse 28. Verse 28, Jesus says, keep shopping with me. But don't begin until you count the what? Oh. Listen, don't, don't, don't just come down the aisle, man, and say a sinner's prayer. Anybody can just say an emotional, stirring statement or repeat after a preacher. Jesus says you need to count the cost. Look at verse 28. But don't begin until you count the cost. Don't start trying to follow me until you've counted the cost. Look at what he says. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the what? cost to see if there's enough money to finish it. Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you and say, ha, that's that girl from InterVarsity. 
Woo! Did you see her? Did you see her? I mean, she was all over Facebook. Instagram, Insta slam, man. Did you see that guy that was talking about Jesus before? Look at him, man. He over there doing the same stuff we doing. What makes you think you're going to heaven and I'm not because I don't believe in Jesus because I'm a Muslim? I'm an atheist. Why should I listen to what you got to say about Jesus? Jesus says, the person that built this hall, this, this hall is called Kirk. You knew I would struggle. <laughs> Kirk Bride. Like Captain Kirk had a bride. Scotty. Okay, beam me up. So, so Captain Kirk had a bride and they built this place. And so Jesus said, nobody started building this, this place until they counted the cost. And then they laid a foundation and they kept building on it. You don't start building a building and stop. It's an unfinished work. And what Jesus says is, if you're going to come follow after me, it's more than an emotional stirring prayer after a motivational preaching sermon. It's about you dying to yourself. Look at verse 29. Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation, say this in his prayer, before running out of money. And then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's that person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. 33. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. Our first aisle, let's put number one on the screen. This should be the next slide. The first aisle is you have to hate your loved ones in your own life by comparison to your love for him. We just talked about that one. Let's go to number two. Let's put number two on the screen, Mark. You have to be willing to give up everything that you own for Jesus. Now, some of us are like, oh, this guy, Devin. <sighs> they brought him in here to get a big offering. Yeah. So Alex wants a new car. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so, no, 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 no. Jesus doesn't need your money. A lot of you think that you have money, but the problem is money has you. You see, our money says in God we trust, but it's funny because for some of us, money is the only God we trust. That's a quote from Mr. Lecrae Moore. That wasn't mine, but it was good, so I used it. When we talk about being willing to give up everything that you own, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like this. Right here I have some chalk, okay? Y'all see this chalk? Watch this. Watch, Terrence, come over for a second. I need you to hold the microphone. Y'all get it for my brother Terrence. Are you, are you strong enough to pull that table over here? I don't know. Oh. I saw Justin lift that by himself, like, earlier with his pinky. Yeah. Can you bring it, like, right here? Oh, yeah, I know. This, this is like extra, right? Justin, can you help him, man? Justin's just watching him struggle. <laughs> I'm Justin. Watch me. Justin lifted that whole table by himself earlier. <laughs> Justin, Justin, and Terrence. Sorry. Thank you. Actually, Terrence, if you get the mic stand, I'll let you sit down. Sorry. Thank you. Wilson, can I use this chalk? I mean, he was just working the scriptures on the chalkboard early, and I was like, man, this is Wilson's chalk. Yeah. So you can make it a little, make it up higher for me. So, so check this out. So let's say this anti-dust chalk represents things. Thank you, Terrence. Let's say this represents things that you own. Xbox, PlayStation, games, apps. This one. This is the gamer. Okay. 
I need my TV. I need a good solid three hours of gaming a day. Headset on. I'm in it, man. Don't interrupt me. I'm talking to somebody overseas right now. I know it's bedtime here, but it's the morning. He's talking smack while he's sipping on coffee. I got to beat him. Okay, don't mess with me. Did you have your quiet time? My time was quiet until he started talking smack. This is the gamer. This, oh, this, this one here. This is Ratchet TV, huh? The little midget ratchet women on TV, maybe? Uh, maybe, you know, you, you get your domestic goddess on it and you indulge in watching a lot of excessive stuff, even stuff that has sexual references and a lot of profanity and skin things. This one. This is, man, my clothes. I'm a clothes person. Don't step on my shoes, man. You know, when I was in high school, my little brother, he bought some Jordans. And he bought some Jordans. It's funny, I have Jordans on right now. But y'all see, I bend them, right? I rap in them all the time. He, he bought some Jordans, and he didn't want to put a crease in them, so he walked like this. I was like, dog, why you waddling, dog? You're not a duck. Quack. It was whack. Some of us are consumed with stuff, and we think we own things, but things own us. Oh, here it is. My boyfriend. Oh, he's mine. Oh, God. Yeah, I own him. And don't any of you skanks look at him. Okay? Don't you dare. I saw you cut your eye at him. Yeah, we're in a Christian environment, but I will go all up down the side of your head with my Bible. My boo. My bae. My girlfriend, man. We have these things that we own. People that we think we own until he dumps you. Oh, burn. Until <laughs> she dumps you for your friend. Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> Isn't it funny when Jerry, Jerry would do that? Well, Tyrone cheated on you. Let's bring out Tyrone. And then, boo. Okay, it would just be horrible. Just... Jesus says for number two, the second aisle is this. You can own things, but make sure things don't own you. If any of the things that you own ever become more important than your relationship with God, ever become the time-consuming thing where you're disregarding God's good, pleasing, and perfect will for your life to have sex with this guy that claims he loves you. First of all, sisters, if he loves you, he should love your God and your God's standards, and he shouldn't want to entice you to do things that your God wouldn't want to do. And you should be so hidden in Christ that a guy has to go through Christ to get to you. When you got stuff and you own stuff and the stuff becomes more important than Jesus, Jesus says we hold these things too tightly and they become idols in our hearts. You have people in church that say they love Jesus, but they're not willing to sacrifice from their own finances or their own things to give him time. They only call Jesus when they're in trouble. 
God, I hope I don't got an STD. God, I hope, I hope she's not pregnant. God, I hope my parents don't find out. God, so I, I hope, I hope I get home. I know I drank too much. We have these things that we only call Jesus when we want something. We don't call him because he's Lord. And the reason why is because materialism owns us and not Jesus. So Jesus says for number two, the second island, I hope I don't lose you all here. He says your clothes, your shoes, your games, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your car, everything should be held loosely. So that if Jesus ever convicts you that they're more important in your heart than him, you can drop them. Because of our main point, let's get on the screen, Mark. Our main point for tonight is this, ladies and gentlemen. If I'm going to follow King Jesus, I've got to be willing to die to everything else. Because nothing is more important than your relationship with God. If you're with me, say I'm with you. Cool. Let's go back, Mark, to number one. Our number one, our first aisle, was that we have to hate everybody else in comparison to our love for Jesus. Not that Jesus wants us to hate people, but our love for him is so strong, they're going to see it as hate toward them because we're being obedient to him instead of following them. Number two is that we got to hold everything in this world loosely because this materialistic stuff that the world tells us, you got to buy this, you got to buy now. Okay, BOGO, buy one, get one. Okay, you, you got to do it now. We get consumed by wanting things instead of wanting the king. And here's the toughest one. The last one, the third aisle. Let's get number three on the screen, Mark. You have to be willing to die socially or even physically for him. You know, when I was in high school, I was, um, 1999, I was a senior in high school. So you do the math, I'm 34. <laughs> Some of you are like, okay, c carry the two. Uh, I'm 34 years old. When I was in high school, it was 1999. I was a senior in high school, and the Columbine martyrs took place. The tragedy in our country. It was said to be the first act of terrorism on American soil, but that's not true. You know, I think slavery, Ku Klux Klan. I think all that. Uh, even the Pilgrims, what they did to the natives. We could argue that later, but I was so shocked as a ninth, in 1999, as a 12th grader, I was so shocked. And in my, in my faith, I was leading a Bible study on campus, and, and everybody came to Bible study that day after. And I remember the whole cafeteria in Largo High School in Largo, Maryland, was surrounded with students that never came into the Bible study I was teaching before. And the news cameras came and took pictures and all this kind of stuff. Look at all these kids praying. I said, man, are they really following Jesus? Are they made an emotional decision because they're in the large crowd in verse 25? So I thought about it. And here's what I said to the Bible study. I said, if somebody came in here right now and pulled a gun out, and say, how many of y'all follow Jesus? Line up on the wall. How many of you would go? 
I was 17 years old, and I remember wrestling with that, and the two girls who were killed, Cassie and Rachel, they're heroes to me, and I hope to see them in heaven. And here's why. As teenagers, they were known on their campus for being followers of Jesus Christ. And Eric and Dylan, I believe Eric had an English class with Rachel. He knew she was a Christian. And I watched a documentary about the Columbine murders. And this kid that was sitting next to Rachel, they had outdoor lunch. They were sitting out eating, and they heard the gunshots, and a bullet hit the young man, and then a bullet hit Rachel. And he fell down next to Rachel, and they were staring at each other bleeding. And Eric came over to Rachel, stood over and held the gun to her, and said, hey, do you still believe in Jesus? And she said, you know I do. And he said, go be with him then. And he shot her. Many of us in this country won't be faced with that level of persecution yet. The book of Revelation tells us that it's coming. But you will be challenged every day in a varsity to die socially. To cut off some friends. To delete some numbers out of your phone because it's a booty call every time you call her. The temptations of this world will come to pull you into sin. And a lot of us won't be faced with dying physically, but we will be faced with having to give up some stuff on social media. Some of us need to take Facebook off of our phones because we're so consumed with what they say versus what he says. We're so busy following and lurched over. Our faces are always lit up with our phone screens, but our faces aren't lit up with the presence of the king. How much time do we spend in God's word? We're, so, we're consumers and we're so media driven, but are we truly seeking after God? Are we seeking the acceptance of people whose opinions don't matter? Man, I worked hard on that post, man. Only three people liked it. Man, that was, that was a cool picture, man. We got two shares? Two shares? I'm going to call her why she ain't shared. <laughs> you were tagged in it why you ain't share it. We spend too much time following people whose opinions don't matter instead of following the one whose opinion is the only one that matters. So what if in here tonight somebody came in here in the Kirkbride Hall right now, pulled a gun out, so everybody that follows Jesus, all the disciples in here, line up on this wall. This is not for you to answer. This is for you to think. How many of you would stand for Christ facing death? Somebody might argue, well, yeah, I'll die for Christ. But to be honest, it might be easier for some of us in here to die for Christ than to live for him. Because it's hard when you're tempted to look at pornography and you want to resist that urge and you want to stand for Jesus, but you keep giving in. It's hard when you don't want to people please, but you have these people in your circle out here, your so-called circle, your so-called friends. Social media has us duped. These people aren't your friends. They're just nosy. They just want to be in your business. Jesus says, I'm your friend. I'm a friend to sinners. He called his disciples my friends. He said, follow me. But we get consumed in these circles that lead us nowhere. So why am I sharing that tonight? Devin, you cracked a few jokes and got kind of serious. Well, how am I supposed to apply this to my life, man? What's my takeaway? 
Here's your takeaway. Let's get on the screen, Mark. Here's what I want you to reflect on tonight. I want you to examine your life to see if you're truly following Jesus. And if you're not, you need to count the cost and be willing to pay the price, whichever way you decide. See, there's a price to following Jesus and there's a price to not following Jesus. You're going to pay either way. Following Jesus costs us three distinct things. Our love for him has to be so strong that it's going to seem like hatred to everybody that's trying to tempt us to go the other way. Number two, we got to be willing to give up everything we own. We can't be so consumed with materialism and me getting my stuff. That's why some of the preachers that preach that whole money cometh and it's mine. I want my stuff. Man, that's bad doctrine. I'm a king's kid. I'm supposed to be balling. No, our God was broke and homeless. Jesus said, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Jesus was like these people we walk past every day that's out here with no place to live. That's why Jesus said, when you do this to the least of these, it's like you're doing it to me. But westernized Christianity teaches you that you're supposed to be balling. But in reality, you're spiritually falling because you're consumed with stuff versus with the one who gives the stuff. Number two, we got to be willing to give up everything we own. And number three, we got to be willing to die socially or even physically for the king. If we can all stand to our feet. Let's take a moment to reflect. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment. God, we come before you right now. And God, we, we do a self-examination right now. We ask that you would. Reveal to us, oh God, where we're not counting the cost. Some of us may love you so sincerely that we don't care what people think about us, but we're so consumed on materialism. Some of us may be not so much consumed on materialism, but we're just so afraid to lose these so-called friends and die socially. Our status means more to us than our walks with you. God, would you touch us right now in this room, God? Grace us. Bless us as inner varsity here, Lord God. Help us, oh God, to really count the cost. In Jesus' name, amen. If you can remain standing. Tonight I have some bad news and some good news. The bad news is, is that all of us were born into sin, including myself. Yeah. A rapping pastor was born in sin. Yeah. And the reality is, I deserve to go to hell when I die. And so do you. You say, well, Devin, man, you just came in from D.C., man. You don't know us with your shiny shirt on. What? What, what? what do you mean I deserve to go to hell when I die? You don't know me. Well, God gave us 10 commandments. And the Bible says if you break one of those commandments, you deserve to go to hell when you die. Let's walk through three of them. And if you've broken one of these laws, you're guilty of sin. That shall not lie. If you've ever told a lie before, you deserve to go to hell when you die. And that's bad news. Even if you were playing in jest like psych, if you ever spoke untruth from your mouth, you're guilty of sin and you deserve to go to hell. And that 
is bad news. That shall not steal. If you've ever watched a bootleg movie, if you ever downloaded music illegally, if you ever borrowed a sheet of paper and didn't give it back. Now we're laughing. And you, say, you may say, well, Devin, that's petty. But no, no, no. It's not petty. It's God is holy. And your justification of how small that is is proof that you're not. No sin can enter into his presence. Oh, that's just a little sin. No, 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 no. All sin is damnable to hell. And that is bad news that we downplay something that God takes so seriously. A third one. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not have sex outside of marriage. The Bible says if you ever had a sexual act with someone that you're not married to, you deserve to go to hell when you die. Some of you say, well, Devin, I'm a virgin. But the Bible says if you had a lustful thought about a person, it's just as guilty as committing adultery with that person. If you've ever lied, if you've ever stolen, if you've ever had sexual immorality in your life, you are guilty of sin. And all of us in here fit into one of those three, but there's seven more. But I'm running out of time. And maybe you are too if you're not saved in here tonight. The bad news is you were born in sin and so was I. The good news is that some 2016 years ago, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for your sins because he loves you so much. How much does he love you? This much, that he would stretch his arms and die for you. And the Bible says if you put your trust in Jesus Christ tonight, you can be saved. When I talk to Muslims, they tell me that when they stand before Allah, they hope that their good deeds will outweigh their bad deeds. Muslims believe in these scales. And I talked to a Muslim brother in downtown D.C. recently, and I told him that your good deeds can never outweigh your bad deeds. Because even on your best day, you're still filthy. Isaiah chapter 64 verse 6 says, all of your righteousness is like a filthy rag in God's eyes. And the proper translation of that, excuse me for being graphic, but I want you to understand how God views your righteousness. The filthy rag means a tampon after a woman's period. That's what God thinks of all your good works, all your charity, all your giving to the poor and the homeless, all of your nice things and helping old ladies across the street. You take that to God when you die, that will get a depart from me. I never knew you. You cannot get into heaven by your own righteousness. You need Christ's righteousness. Just like I, transhand me that hoodie. The Bible says to put on Christ. Like I put on this hoodie, I put on Christ. I'm in Christ. You cannot get into heaven unless Christ is on you and you are in him. Well, Devin, if I'm lost in sin, how do I get in Christ? How do I get saved? The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. If you're in this room tonight and you're not sure if you're saved, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand right where you stand, right where you are, that I might lead you in a prayer. God bless you, my brother. I don't want you to look around. This is about you and God. God bless you, my sister. I see your hand. More importantly, God sees it. Listen, don't, I don't care if you come to InterVarsity every week. I don't care if you've been a part of InterVarsity for a long time, for years, or this is your first time. 
the Bible says that God loves you, but the truth is he loves you and you're guilty. And if you don't receive his salvation, then you ultimately choose damnation. Is there anyone else that says, I need salvation? I want to lead you in a prayer right where you stand. There's no altar here. I'm not going to ask you to come down the aisle. The altar's in your heart right where you are. Amen. You may put your hands down. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. What I'm going to do right now is lead you in a prayer my brother and my sisters whose hands I saw. But the power does not come in repeating after me. The power comes in your confession and your belief. Don't be a human parakeet. You must confess and you must believe. You can even say your own prayer. There's no magic with me. It's about your confession and your belief. If you're ready to pray, let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I realize that I'm a sinner and that I deserve to go to hell when I die. For the things that I've said, for the things that I've done, and for the things that I've thought. But right now, I confess, I say from my own mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. And I believe that you, God, Raise Jesus from the dead to save my soul. I know now that I'm saved and that when I die, I'm going to heaven. But while I'm here on earth, God, you have a mission for me. Help me to fulfill the mission. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give our new brothers and sisters a hand, amen. Come on, y'all can do better than that. Come on. Hallelujah. Now, for my brother and my sisters whose hands I saw, if you raised your hand, I want you to understand the temptations to stay alive in these areas are waiting for you as soon as you walk out of this door. But greater is he who is in you than he that is in this world. There's three things I want to leave you with to encourage you and to help you. If you're a new believer, you just prayed that prayer tonight. It's called a three-legged stool. Time in the word, time in prayer, and time with Christian friends. Time in the word, time in prayer, and time with Christian friends. If you think about a stool that has three legs, if you remove one of those legs, it's going to be kind of wobbly. If you remove two legs, any little wind can blow it over. And if there's no legs, it's flat on the ground. That's how you and I are. If we're not standing on God's word, we're not standing in prayer, and we don't have Christian accountability, brotherhood and sisterhood, we're going to be back out there wilding in sin. Now, you're saved if you pray that prayer in faith tonight. You may not feel any different right now, but our faith is not based on feelings. Our faith is based on facts. And the fact is that you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. The fact is you believed in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. So the fact is that you're saved. The next step is discipleship. Somebody say discipleship. 
If you're not connected here at InterVarsity, I recommend you stay connected here. InterVarsity can help you get connected to a healthy church here in the area that can help you grow in your faith. That's my time. God bless you. Thank you very much.